0: And we're live. Good evening, America. I am reporting from Los Angeles, California, with no one. Because Valeria is not going to be on the show tonight. And you might be asking, why? Is she working? Is she, you know, does she feel sick? What is the problem? And no, actually, the truth is... (laughs) I'm not joking, this is real. She just got back from the cosmetologist... And she looks like she has leprosy, so she's, not, she's refusing to go on camera. Ah, uh, vanity. Uh, well, uh, it, it is probably saving you guys from a heart attack, because she does look mildly frightening. Um, all right, but I've got some great news stories today, uh, some very intriguing, fascinating stories. Uh, this morning when I woke up, my um, news compiler, uh, Ashley, had written me and said... I couldn't find a lot of good news stories today, and I went through them, I was like, these are fantastic, what the heck are you talking about? Some serious news uh, today, and uh, yeah, so why don't we just get straight into it? I'm going to go ahead and put the intro in, I know I always forget, but I do want to remind everybody that we are the least professional show on YouTube. Uh, I am Toxic, my lovely wife is masculine, and together we are Toxic Masculinity. Toxic Toxic masculinity. Masculinity. All right, good enough. I kind of cut it off there, <laughs> um, but that's what you do when you're an unprofessional show. All right, so let's go ahead and look at the first story here. Happy Mothers No Happy Birthing People's Day. Uh, the left has decided that it's no longer going to be Mother's Day. It's going to be Birthing People's Day. We're no, We no longer have mothers. We have birthing people. Uh, and, uh, let's, let's switch over to the, uh, uh oh, I don't know what have I done. What have I done? Let's, let's fix this. There we go. Much better. Um, so what is this all about? So it's about trans, I don't know if you call them women or men, but it's about women who dress up like men and pretend to be men, right? That's what this is about. So, uh. There's this bizarre idea that if you're a, a woman and you decide, like Ellen Page, that you want to be a dude, uh, that you can go ahead and do that. But then you but you can also become pregnant, right? Because biologically you're a woman. So how do you how do you reconcile this this issue? Well, you 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 stop calling women mothers. I, I it's bizarre. Like you just start using language that allows fathers to be included in the concept of childbirth, which, I mean, guys, we're getting into crazy town now. I mean, could you imagine in the 80s if we were talking about this? It it would sound like some kind of weird sci-fi novel, dystopian. It it would sound so ridiculous that, that people would think that it was a badly written story, right? like so there's this, there's this concept in filmmaking called suspension of disbelief right? the idea of suspension of disbelief is like if, you, if you're if you watching a movie and the movie is somewhat realistic right you know there's real actors and there's real trains and there's real whatever it is it, excuse me and the special effects look good enough coronavirus the uh, special effects look good enough that you can that you can be immersed in the experience and you can believe that you're there to some degree right uh People watching the film employ what they call suspension of disbelief, and that means that we're inclined not to believe things that are obviously fake, right? We we you know we know that Harry Potter isn't flicking a wand and making magical things happen. We know that's not happening. But so what? We, what do we do? We allow ourselves to believe that this is happening temporarily, so that we can enjoy the story. That's all suspension of disbelief is. But in order for the audience to to not be taken out of the story or, or not to just say, yeah, I cannot suspend my disbelief. This is bullcrap. And like walk out of the theater. You have to make your story at least somewhat believable. And I think that in the 80s, not, and I don't necessarily mean believable, like, you know, you can't write fantasy, but like if you're writing fantasy, keep it within the fantasy realm. Um, <clears throat> You wouldn't want to bring aliens into a fantasy story that just kind of like it muddies the water and makes everybody kind of, you know, uh, it pulls them out of their suspension of disbelief. Anyway, point is that if if I would have pitched a story to somebody in the 1980s that said, in the future, in the year 2021, um, <clears throat> men are going to be giving birth, not because of any kind of scientific advancement, but because, you know, we're going to start calling everybody by whatever gender they want, I think most people would hear that story and say, uh, uh, darling, can you murder the cat, please? Thank you. Uh, hear that story and say, this is not, this is not realistic. P- people aren't this stupid. There's no way that people would do this in the future. I mean, they made the movie Idiocracy. Uh, and I suppose within that context, right? Within the context of the movie Idiocracy, you you could potentially get an audience to believe that people were stupid enough that they'd say you could be whatever gender you want to be right in a comedy right as a joke i think you could you could present that as as plausible but not as a realistic vision of the future and yet this is reality ladies and gentlemen this is this is the future we live in the future and it's insane right <laughs> Yeah, we I, I swear we're diving deeper and deeper into the Twilight Zone all the time. Can I just say, by the way, I've had an epiphany as of late. I'm going to switch to the view of me and, and go on a slight tangent. It won't take too long. My epiphany is this, and it's that Democrats have no principles. That's it. Democrats have no principles. And you might say, well, duh, Chris, everybody knows Democrats don't have principles. But I'm not talking about Nancy Pelosi. I'm not talking about <clears throat> the politicians. I mean everyone. I mean the activists. I mean the voters. I mean all of them. And I used to give the voters the benefit of the doubt because, uh, you know, there's a lot of Christian Democrats or people who genuinely want to help black people and 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 poor people and think that the black people are the victims and think that gay people are the victims. And, you know, and they do have sympathy and they do want to help them. Um, but here's the problem with the Democrat position, and 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 this is and you can, the best example about the uh, good lord, me no speak no good now. The best example about the, uh, <laughs> I said that again, the best example of this is um, the media, right? The media. So what do I mean by they don't have any principles? So, Christianity has a set of principles, right? Con- conservative politics, the Republican Party is for the most part based on traditional Christian values from western civilization from europe democrat party though they seem to pick and choose whatever principles they want that happen to be expedient at the time so <clears throat> if if you know one year it's expedient to talk about the rights of women then that becomes a strong principle of the Democrat Party. And and the weird thing about the Democrats is that they will really passionately uh, express um, vitriol against anybody who disagrees with them as somehow unethical, right? You're a bad person because you're not doing what we're telling you to do because we have principles and we have values and this is the important thing and you want people to die and you just don't care about these people. And the Democrats present themselves as these very caring people with these strong principles that ha, you know that this is the ethics; these are the ethics that we believe in. But their ethics are always changing, ever changing ethics, ever changing. Uh, and again, like I said, it will shift from one group to another, and and they'll completely change depending on what political positions that they that they need uh, pushed. And it has everything to do with money and power, and it has absolutely nothing to do with actually improving the quality of life of Americans, right? Uh, and I, and I, again, I used to think that, uh, that there was some vague idea uh, within the Democrat Party of there being some kind of set of principles, right? And I think maybe there used to be, right? Maybe there used to be like back in the 80s or something like that. But it, that's all gone. That's all gone. Uh, and you can see it. I used to say that they had problems um, because, you know, on one day they might be trying to um, trying to improve the situation of immigrants, right? Trying to bring in more immigrants from countries that didn't necessarily share our values. And the next day they're trying to improve uh, gay rights They're fighting for gay rights, let's say. Uh, but the problem with that is that if you're fighting for gay rights, you probably shouldn't bring in a bunch of people from countries who hate gay people. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's a kind of a, you know, contradictory effort. You're you're, you're contradicting yourself. Uh, either you want to improve gay rights in America or you want to bring in more immigrants who hate gay people. It's, you know, I don't think that they, they don't complement each other in any way. Uh, the same thing now we're dealing with the trans issue, right? Uh, should we have men competing in women's sports? Well, they're men that call themselves women. Therefore, they can compete in those sports. Uh, uh, there's a lot of feminists now that find this appalling, appalling. I was watching something the other day. Uh, I don't know if I, it was an article I read or if it was, a new, if it was something I saw in the news. But um, these feminists uh, or this, this woman was trying to... Oh, it was Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Actually, let me... I should look that up if I can. That's actually pretty good. Sarah Silverman. Let's see here. Anything in the news? Anything in the news? Uh, news. Comedian Sarah Silverman and represent uh, and represent U.S. urge members of Congress not to be a-holes and pass the For People Act. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Let's see here. Hard to overstate the diabolical dumbness of Sarah Silverman's rant. Okay, let me go ahead and and play this for you guys, even though it's a little... It's slightly off topic here. Imagine for a second that Okay, hold on. Let me turn my audio off. Well, let me see. Let me see what... You're a female... Let me see if we can get to the uh, Sarah Silverman part. Oh, there we go. There we go. Aston's annoyed that I didn't get there quickly enough. All right, let me go ahead and mute myself, and you can listen to this. ...girls, girls uh, sh- women... I saw Caitlyn Jenner saying trans girls uh, should not play girls' sports. Caitlyn, you're a woman, right? A trans girl is a girl. She should have the same rights as cis girls. If you think a trans girl, what, you think a trans girl is too strong? (laughs) What about tall girls? As opposed to short girls. What about a boys in high school who are teeny tiny and their teammates uh, are, have already hit puberty and are shaving? Why don't you just have coed sports divided by weight or height? I, you know, this is so dumb. They are legislating this shit without one single example of how this plays out. Yeah, it is. It is hard to. Overstate just how unbelievably stupid what she's said here is. Um, when I first saw this, I actually thought, um, it, it was it had been posted by Dinesh D'Souza, and my thought was precisely what his analysis was. And I, I always love it when that happens because I really respect Dinesh D'Souza. Um, if somebody I respect has the same perspective as me, I'm like, ah, yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, my initial reaction was, um, was, okay, well, so then why why do you even have a separation between men and women's sports? That Because it was a bizarre... Like, what she's saying here suggests that we should not have women's sports. We should just have sports, and the best people should play on the teams. And if that were true, no women would ever play ever. You would never... I mean, you would have... Excuse me. You would occasionally randomly in some bizarre parts of the country have some kind of sports team in which there were a particularly lot of weak men at a school and a particularly lot of strong women and you might get one woman on a team of something. But if you just, if you just, if you stopped creating women's sports and men's sports, right? If you stopped separating men and women's sports and you just had sports and there was no distinction and you only brought the best people on the team the strongest and the fastest no women would ever play what's the whole reason we have women's sport you stupid stupid woman Here, look here's the thing sarah silverman went on i i might have been the same show a little while ago and she said some pretty smart stuff she started to recognize that the left was it was going crazy so she's not a complete moron i mean she is she can recognize when people are being stupid but she's got to recognize that she herself is being stupid right now that, oh, it's unbelievably stupid. Okay. And she's absolutely right. There are distinctions between tall people and short people. That's why there aren't any short people in the NBA. There are distinctions between uh, weak people and strong people. And she's like, oh, what do they think? That trans women are too strong? Yes. That's what we think. Of course, that's what we think. Because they're men. Of course, they're too strong. Good Lord. Anyway, uh, I mean... I was just watching that this weekend, and I just thought, good God. I mean, she's not even like... Is she even thinking through what she's saying? Um, And and we do divide... We do divide uh, uh teams into groups like this, like the tall people and the short people, the strong people and the slow people, right? It's called... It, it's called uh, Varsity and JV. <laughs> it's called the minor leagues and the major leagues. It's called, uh, you know, a community, like, local team. It's You know what I mean? We... We divide things by age when, you know, kids are, when people are children, we divide things in all kinds of ways. But the reason that we do that is we, because we want people who aren't, are not the best of the best. We're not talking about the pros, um, but we want people who want to play sports to be able to play sports against people who are comparably skilled uh, or able. Uh, that's why we have handicapped leagues, right? For We have basketball for people in wheelchairs, right? Uh, they don't typically let people who have working legs uh, play in play basketball on, on teams in which you normally play with a wheelchair, because that wouldn't really work, right? It's exclusively for people who are handicapped. Um, I mean, I suppose you could get into a wheelchair as an able-bodied person and play that way. That That's actually not a bad idea, although I think that you'd have a huge disadvantage considering that you don't use a wheelchair every day, so you're not going to be that good at it. <laughs> I would imagine. I'd imagine, but... Anyway, that's a silly tangent to go on. But so anyway, this whole trans thing is kind of getting out of control and, and a little bit mental, and people aren't thinking clearly. Um... <laughs> went, shh, because she is completely naked. <laughs> She's trying to get into the. <laughs> She's trying to get into the shower right now. Okay, um... that's kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so the whole trans thing, the whole, uh, it's it, it, people really are, it's it's strange how people try to reconcile these different ideas because they don't make sense, right? It, it doesn't make sense to pretend that you're a woman if you're a man. It doesn't make any sense to pretend you're a man if you're a woman. Um, you can dress, look, I, I don't like the idea of a woman dressing like a man because she wants to be because she likes that aesthetic. I don't like the idea of a man dressing like a woman because he likes that aesthetic. I think that's weird. I think it's a little bit off-putting. Um, I, I, try, I So I kind of explain this in the same way that I, uh, I explain why men tend to find gay men a bit uh, repulsive. Uh, the whole concept of homosexuality is a little bit off-putting to straight men. And here's how, and, and and that's, and I think that that's a natural tendency. Aston, shut up! What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, go get, go get a little, yeah, go go uh, play with that. And people are like, oh, you're homophobic. You're homophobic. You gotta accept homosexuality. It's perfect. It's fine. It's totally good. Stop. Stop. And uh, and I say, well, no, you don't actually. You can find it a bit gross. You can find it off-putting. And I have gay friends who I'm very close to, are very good friends of mine, uh, and I and I acknowledge to them openly I find homosexuality disgusting. And uh, you know they laugh, they think I'm being a little bit ridiculous, but I I can't help it. That's how I am. I naturally uh, feel about it. Now why now why do straight men feel like this? I I think of it as uh as 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 part of the the disgust mechanism that we have. Built into us biologically. Uh, Jonathan Haidt did a lot of research into this. I mentioned him the other day for another reason, but uh, he's done some amazing research. And he did a lot of research into disgust and what people what people make people disgusted by things. And a lot of what makes people disgusted by things is the concept of contamination, right? You don't want your food contaminated. You want your f- food pure. You want your food pure. Uh, you don't want it to be contaminated with anything. Okay, so what? Can make your food taste contaminated. Well, uh, a variety of things, but let's but let's take two things that are actually really nice. So, like, uh, I like um, I like my romantic relationships with women that I've had in my life. Right, uh, especially my current romantic relationship. I'm very happy. That's a very important part of my life. It's very imp- important to me. It's it's perfect. It's pure. It's lovely. It's a- excellent. And over here, I also have my relationships with men right the your my friendships with my my family my brother my father my brothers my friends my best friend down in Hawaii my best friend from college my best friends from childhood these were all very important uh uh relationships for me very critical um I think that fraternal relationships between men are incredibly important I mean I think every guy who had you know a best buddy growing up we all kind of accept that right um, I don't, I don't want, so, and it's kind of like steak and ice cream. I, I I, talk about it like steak and ice cream. I love steak, right? Steak is like, imagine that's like my male relationships with other men. Steak. Every guy likes a good steak. Come on. And you know what I also like? Vanilla ice cream. Love vanilla ice cream. I particularly like Haagen-Dazs. They're not supporting the channel though, so I shouldn't advertise them. But I do. I love Haagen-Dazs ice cream. I try not to eat it too much because, you know, trying to keep the weight down. But haagen uh, dazs uh, vanilla ice cream is like my relationships with women, right? Beautiful, pure, lovely, elegant relationships with women. Now, I would love for dinner to have a steak, then have some ice cream. You know what I wouldn't want? I wouldn't want steak with the ice cream plopped on top of it. If you brought me a dish with steak and ice cream on top of it, I probably wouldn't eat that, right? Because what have we done? We've taken one pure delicious thing, the steak, and another pure delicious thing, the ice cream, and we've contaminated both with each. We've contaminated both with both. So the purity of the ice cream was destroyed by the steak, and the the beautiful steak was destroyed by the ice cream. It's terrible. It's terrible. You've, You've killed both of them with each other. And I think that straight men are disgusted by homosexuality for the same reason. We see something that we love and cherish and appreciate, you know, a relationship between two men. We, You know, that is obviously a friendly relationship. And we see the, you know, the thing that we, another thing that we find pure and beautiful and amazing, the relationship we have with women, which is romantic, sexual, all those kinds of things. And you put those two things together, and it just ruins both of them. <laughs> And I think that's the natural perception that straight men have of homosexuality. Well, I think we kind of think the same thing about men that dress up like women. You know, you're taking something that we think is nice, women, and another thing that we think is perfectly fine, men, and you're mixing them together. And it's like, why are you doing that? And and I think that there is a natural tendency for human beings to be disgusted by that. I'm sorry. I think that's just true. And I think that Deep down, people who dress like that, they know this. They know this. And so it's a very easy thing to say um, just to get attention. I was born this way, and if you don't like it, well, you're a bigot. Well, it's a very easy thing to say, but is it true? Were you really born that way? Probably not. Am I a bigot for not liking it? Absolutely not. But it makes you a victim, it gives you some kind of uh, uh, a leverage, right? I'm doing something that you find disgusting, and that makes you a bad person and me a good person, right? So you can elevate yourself in the way that you think about yourself, and you can also use that to your advantage in a variety of ways. So uh, I think this is what some gay people do, I think this is what some trans people do because they know that there is a certain s- segment of society that will be sympathetic to them, and they will look at anyone who finds them to be off-putting as a bigot, and they will be able to gain social leverage from that. Um, but anyway, let us uh, that, that was a pretty long tangent. Sorry about that. Let's move on to the story, which is about how this woman's using the term, <laughs> the term birthing people instead of mothers. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and play what she has to say here. I sit before you today as a single mom, as a nurse, as an activist, and as a congresswoman, and I am committed, committed to doing the absolute most to protect black mothers, to protect black babies, to pr- protect black birthing people, and to save lives. Thank you, and I yield back. Republicans. All right, I just realized my mic wasn't on. Thank you, actually, for calling me. Uh, okay, so... God. Anyway, so uh, I'm just going to move on from that uh, that story. Uh, I'm going to close that out by saying... Yeah, I got it. I got it. I fixed it. What are you doing? It took me a second. Took me a second. I'm just going to close that out by saying this, because um, we've kind of gone, gone over it uh, well enough, I feel like, but... Uh, we, we now live in a kind of twilight zone, right? We live in this, like, bizarre reality where language is no longer used to communicate things clearly. Language is now used to, as a weapon, right? Uh, they're trying to convince people that for, uh, you know, <laughs> for, for, for centuries, for eons... Uh, white men have used power structures to stay in control, which is of course ridiculous. And now it's time for other groups to take control. And so there, there is this bizarre idea out there that they need to attack straight white men and give power to everybody else. Now, make no mistake, this is pure racism. This is pure sexism. This is pure. This is a pure, uh, pure bigotry on multiple levels, uh, and that has become the standard. In the Democrat Party, the people that that are controlling the Biden administration, they're making legislation specifically to take power away from straight white men. Um, And I mentioned recently a study about uh, men who were um, sorry about uh, the different demographic groups and how how much mental illness they suffer. Right, And the group that suffers the most mental illness are radical left young women. right? Women in their 20s who are radical leftists. And the people who suffer the least from mental illness appear to be old white straight men. Right? And so I don't know if straight was actually in that group, but old white men. And who tends to have the most influence on the Republican Party? Old white men. Who seems to have the most uh, influence on the Democrat Party? young radical left women and so we have a party here that's the the basically everything that's crazy and we have a party here that's basically everything that's sane and so i guess at the end of the in the end of the day this doesn't really this shouldn't be really all that surprising the only problem is that you get enough people on board who are really good at marketing and really good at spreading bad ideas and a lot of america believes it and buys it and uh and the Democrat, you know, we're going in a Democrat direction uh, in some ways. I think that that most people are rejecting this. I think they're kind of destroying themselves. And if we can have a free and fair election in 2022, um, I, I can't really see the Democrats doing well at all. I mean, I, I see Republicans basically taking every election and everything is going to shift right here radically because the left is just insane. The left is just insane. And I used to say it, I used to say that conservative ideas are essentially the middle. And the left always tried to make this argument that no, 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 leftist ideas are the middle. And if you even have a mild Republican idea, well, you're really far right. And then the people who are on the far right are like crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, I I look at it completely differently. But anyway, let's move on to the next story, shall we? Biden's redefinition of sex Puts doctors and patients at risk. Okay, so this this nicely feeds into our previous story. Um, but yeah, they're going to try to redefine sex medically. Medically. I don't know how you do that, because men and women tend to suffer from different kinds of illnesses, right? So, like, um, I mean, I okay, hey... Well, I'm not going to ask her. Yeah, um, yeah. Basically, I'm not going to get certain kinds of cancers that Valeria is more likely to get. She's not going to get certain kind of cancers that I'm more likely to get, right? Because I'm a man and she's a woman. That's just how it how it goes. I can't, I can't have problems with my uh, uterus. I can't have problems with my uterus. Why? Because I don't have a uterus. <laughs> um I don't think Valeria is going to have any kind of problems with her testicles as she gets older uh why because she doesn't have testicles right this is how men and women work and to sit here and say oh no well you you've had uh you've had you've had some uh lipstick applied you wear high heels you wear uh you, you've grown your hair out longer and therefore you are not no longer subject to any of the diseases, any of the ailments that men tend tend to have. Um, you'll never get prostate cancer because you decided that you uh, felt like a woman inside. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. You, that, the, the, being trans is not magic. I, you know what? That may be actually what's going on here. It, it's possible that some trans people genuinely think that there is sort of like a magical power that if they believe just hard enough... That they can be the opposite gender. It's like Peter Pan, right? Uh, you sprinkle yourself with fairy dust and you, if you just believe that you can fly, then or what? What? I don't remember how they flew in that story. There's something that had to do, like think happy thoughts or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, if I think happy thoughts, I can become a girl. Uh, yeah, it's not gonna happen, guys. It's not gonna happen. It's a weird. It's a weird th- thought. You you cannot tell your doctor, I'm a woman. If you're, not, if, you're, if you're born a man, it's not, it's not going to help you medically. I think I read somewhere that medical malpractice is the third cause of death in the country. And I think that probably has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of medical care is like end-of-life care. And, um, you know, a doctor could easily prescribe, you know, just slightly the wrong medication. And so instead of dying in five days, you die in four days. Okay. So I don't know how dangerous medical malpractice actually is in America, um, but I read that statistic somewhere. Um, but let's have a look at this. So, but the, the, but the point is, you're not doing yourself any favors by lying to the doctor about what your gender is, what your sex is. Uh, gender and sex are different. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. It's the same thing, you stupid people. Uh, let's see here. Total nightmare. Biden policy redefining sex put doc- puts doctors at risk. I don't really know how it puts doctors at risk, I guess, of being sued. American Principles Project uh, President says... Let's just go to read the story here. President Joe Biden's new policy, redefining sex, puts doctors at risk. American Principles Project President Terry Schilling told the Daily Caller News Foundation on Monday. The Biden administration announced Monday that it would interpret sex in the context of health care anti-discrimination laws to include sexual orientation and gender identity, reversing a Trump administration policy that defines sex as gender assigned at birth. This is ridiculous, you guys. Make no mistake, Schilling said, the policy announced by HHS is not about fixing a broken bone or screening for cancer risk. No American was being denied access to these treatments for identifying as LGBTQ. Rather, this policy is really about forcing hospitals and medical professionals to adhere to leftist ideology regarding sexuality and gender, and in particular to provide sex change procedures to all comers, including children. Uh, and that's that's another thing. That, yeah, so there's this, I, I guess there's this idea on the left that like, you know, everybody who wants a sex change should be able to get one, no matter if they're crazy or if they're like six, and that's, of course, also completely insane. I mean, you're going to you're going to have a whole generation of people who deeply regret. I mean, I think we've all met people who regret their tattoos. Like I know, I I know a guy who had full arm sleeves. His legs were totally tattooed everywhere, from from top to bottom. And this is ba- back in Portland, Oregon, where all the Antifa crap's going on. Um, He might be one of them at this point. I don't know. I <laughs> mean, anyway, this guy was a good friend of mine, once upon a time. And uh, one thing I always thought was fascinating about this guy is that although he dressed like, essentially like you would imagine a normal Antifa type would, um, he really regretted his tattoos. He really regretted his tattoos. And... Uh, He basically had just come to terms with the fact that he made a horrible mistake, and now he looked, you know, he had these monstrous tattoos all the time. Uh, And he hated it, but he was like, you know, it is what it is, it's who I am now, but, yeah, no, I, 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 it was a mistake, you know. Imagine doing that after cutting off your penis. Well, what's the phrase? There's no coming back from that. (laughs) I mean, I guess you can kind of try to have a new one sewed back on or something, but... Yeah, there's no coming back from that. You cut off your penis. That's a that you know that's a lot of regret. That's a lot of regret. I, I think that's the kind of thing that that leads people to suicide. You know what I mean? I mean, to me, if you're cutting people's penises off and they're too young to know what they're doing, or they have some kind of mental illness, to me, that is medical malpractice. You should not be allowed to do that legally. In fact, I'm not even sure we should allow any kind of uh, sexual reassignment surgery. I think sexual reassignment surgery is medical malpractice. That's what I think. It, at, at any time. Because I think anybody who wants some kind of gender reassignment surgery, they do have some kind of mental issue. Um, and I think that needs to be dealt with, as opposed to just cutting off body parts or adding things. Um All right. Oh, you know what? I'm going to tweet that. Yeah, I'm going to tweet that. All gender reassignment surgery is medical malpractice. I'm going to tweet that. I think that's a good tweet. Um, The officer for civil rights... sorry, the Office for Civil Rights, OCR, will interpret Section 1557 and Title 9 Prohibitions on Discrimination Based on Sex to Include Discriminations on the Basis of Sexual Orientation on the Basis of Gender Identity. The Department of Health and Human Services announced in a memo released on Monday, the Supreme Court has made clear that people have a right not to be discriminated against on the basis of sex and receive equal treatment under the law no matter their gender identity or sexual orientation. Uh, That's why today HHS announced... Well, but Okay, you do have a right to be discriminated against because of mental illness. You can actually discriminate against people for, for having a mental problem, right? If people are, are like, you know, violently insane, <laughs> you you probably don't want to work with them. Uh, you, see, you can discriminate for people for having uh, mental problems, I think. Um, let's see here. Fear of discrimination can lead to individuals to forego care, which can have serious negative health consequences, Becerra said. It is... The position of the Department of Health and Services, I'm sure all the doctors in America are like, oh, you're trans? I'm not gonna treat you. I don't like trans people, so I'm not gonna treat you. I'm I'm pretty sure that's never happened in America ever. Not even back in the days when people thought transgender folks were crazy. Now they're all accepted, but I don't think that's ever happened. I don't think it's ever happened. It's this bizarre thing where they're just like, but it might happen. We want to force doctors to treat trans patients, uh, you know, because they might someday say, I don't know. This whole thing is just so stupid. Anyway, all right. I'm going to move on to the next story because I think this is, I think we've covered this, but uh, yeah. Trans, your sex is your sex. Uh, being, calling yourself a, a girl doesn't make you a girl, calling yourself a boy doesn't make you a boy. Doctors have to know what's going on, right, in order to diagnose you and treat you properly. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the next story, shall we? Let's see here. Baltimore prosecutor wants local news investigated because of Tucker Carlson. Yeah, this is weird. A lot of weird stories today. So let's get into this one. Um, so this woman here, what's her name? Brendan Carr. No, no, that Brendan Carr is a senior Republican. Okay, that's not right. Um I don't know what her name is. I can't find it. What aren't they Okay, here we go. Marilyn Mosby. Okay, so this woman is apparently Marilyn Mosby and she has requested an investigation. She's the um she's the state attorney. She's a Okay. I, I guess uh, Baltimore City State Attorney. Um, and she leads the she leads the State Attorney's Office. Okay, and she has said that she wants the local new the local Fox News channel, right? So your local news, she wants their her local Baltimore news network investigated because she doesn't like Tucker Carlson, who's on Fox News Network, the national cable news network which is not even, which has nothing to do with the local Fox affiliate. They just both have the name Fox in it, right? <laughs> I mean, Fox owns certain networks, right? Certain channels. The Fox Corporation owns certain channels, local channels. And there's a certain news agency that uses that particular channel to broadcast their, their news. And so they're a Fox affiliate, what you'd call a Fox affiliate. And so they're very, very vaguely affiliated with the same company that Fox News is affiliated with. But only in the most cursory kind of way. They don't, they don't, they're not, they have nothing to do with Tucker Carlson. They have absolutely nothing to do with Tucker Carlson. But this idiot doesn't know the difference between a local news station and Fox News Network, the the cable, the the national cable news network. So she's asked for an investigation into the local Fox Fox News Channel in Baltimore because she doesn't like Tucker Carlson. What an idiot. Honestly, this is completely crazy. So let me read this. The senior Republican on the Federal Communications Commission criticized the Democrat Baltimore City City State Attorney... Attorneys' recent request for an investigation into a, a local Fox affiliate as an attack on free speech. Brendan Carr, the top Republican on the Federal Communications Commission, condemned Baltimore City State Attorney. That's a weird thing. Baltimore, City's state, Baltimore City State Attorney. I don't understand that. Uh, Marilyn Mosby's request saying it was part of the broader effort by the Democrats to censor news coverage and political speech that they don't like. Carr demanded the commission dismiss Moby's, Mosby's complaint by the end of the day with prejudice. Uh, yeah, I agree with him. Uh, cause she's a moron. Let's see here. The state's attorney's office, the state's attorney's office led by Democrat Marilyn Mosby's Mosby has launched a chilling and direct attack on free speech and journalistic freedom car said in a statement on Monday, man, I wish it was that easy to stop Facebook from censoring people or to stop YouTube from censoring people. Man, it's, it's unbelievable to me that, uh, the, the, the censors over at Facebook and YouTube actually have more political power than politicians, right? A politician obviously can't go in and just stop journalists from reporting stories, right? They can't do that because we're covered by First Amendment rights. But Facebook and YouTube can do that. They can do that. And if my only outlet, my only out, the only outlet that, I, that is viable for me is YouTube and I'm trying to report the news, and I can't because YouTube has censored me, then they actually have more power than the federal government. Because the federal government can't censor me, but, but YouTube can. And even if the... Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. Like, we need to fix this, guys. All right. Uh, the, complaint, the complaint her office filed with the FCC asks the commission to censor a newsroom simply because the journalists are doing their constitutionally protected jobs and shining a light on the work of the state's attorney. Oh, so they're investigating the state's attorney's office, apparently. That's funny. Well, then that's... <laughs> but um, but she did she did mention Duncan Carlson. Let me get into it. Invoking the power of the state to silence journalists for unfavorable coverage strikes at the very heart of the First Amendment, he continued. Last week, Mosby asked the FCC to investigate local Fox affiliate F, uh, WBFF-TV over their alleged distortion of the news and bias against, uh, against her in a letter uh, to acting FCC chairwoman... Uh, Jessica Rosenworcel. Okay, so she is actually targeting them because she doesn't like them specifically. Um, I thought it was only because of Tucker Carlson when I first read uh, the first part of this story. But uh, coverage... Uh, sorry. Mosby Mosby alleged that the, the outlet's coverage of her was more negative than other outlets' coverage and that it presented a physical threat to her, making it a vi- violation of FCC rules. <laughs> So, if you cover a politician in a negative way, that makes that presents a physical threat. That presents, presents a physical threat because people might see that you're doing a bad job and want to hurt you physically. Well, maybe don't do such a bad job. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, that's an interesting point. I do think that if government officials do their job poorly enough, there are some people out there who will want to hurt them. But that doesn't mean that the media has an obligation to hide stories about politicians bad behavior. The, poli- the 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 news reporters aren't creating an environment in which this person's going to get hurt. The person's doing it themselves. You know there's crazy people in the world. You know there's crazy people in the world. So maybe don't put your life in danger by publicly doing things that you know that are terrible like like what Cuomo did, right? Where he put all these uh, at-risk older people, um, you know, pe- people with a COVID, that he put into the nursing homes and put all these at-risk uh, older people into uh, danger, and, and it ended up killing a bunch of people. I'm sure there's tons of people that want to hurt uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, but that's not because the news reported about what bad things that he did. That's because he's he did some really bad things. Uh, let's have a look here. The coverage by WBFF represents, uh, sorry, rep- represents acts that are not merely against the public interest. They also represent acts that are inflammatory against the safety of an elected official, Mosby's communication director, Zai Richardson, wrote in a letter. God, these people are idiots. Richardson said that WBFF's ties to Fox News, the two are owned by the same parent company, um, you know, but but they don't show the same editorial stuff, is another reason the FCC should open an investigation. He specifically mentioned Fox News host Tucker Carlson's show, which he said consistently presents white supremacy views. <laughs> I, I've watched Tucker Carlson, I think probably since its inception. I've never heard him ever say anything that was a white supremacist view. Why, did, why does everybody always say that about Tucker Carlson? I mean, okay, of course he, they do. He's a Republican, he's a conservative. He's got to be a white supremacist. But Carr noted that Mosby's request was particularly disturbing given that much of the WBFF's coverage, which most be a, a, alleged was biased, was about an ongoing federal grand jury investigation into her office's potentially potential illegal financial dealings. Uh, wow, a corrupt Democrat politician? I am shocked, you guys. Whoa, whoa, I did not see that coming. A, a politician who's corrupt and a Democrat? This is... I, never, I've never heard of such a thing. Never heard of such a thing. Um, He added that WBFF has recently won four regional, uh, regional Edward R. Murray awards for journalistic excellence. Uh, One of the, one of the stories to receive an award was about Mosby. (laughs) That's hilarious. The state's attorney's office uh, complaint alleges, alleges that there is troubling, abhorrent and outrageous, uh, sorry, an outright dangerous conduct going on here. Carr said, um, They're correct in this respect, but it's the conduct of the state's attorney's office that is troubling, abhorrent, and outright dangerous. The Radio Television Digital News Association echoed Carr's statement Monday. The organization sent a letter to the FCC asking it to reject Mosby's request. Local journalists across the country have a constitutionally guaranteed obligation to serve their communities by seeking and reporting the truth, often by reporting on the public activities of public officials. Uh... Well, this is kind of a weird word to add. Reporting on the private activities of public officials is totally legitimate as well, but whatever. Okay, RTDNA uh, Executive Director Dan Shelley said in a statement, the FCC and Mosby's office uh, did not respond to a request for comment. Yeah, so this woman is basically just trying to get out of... uh, She's trying to stop news, news organizations from reporting about her criminal activity... By saying that they're that they're putting her life in danger and that Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's that could not be funnier to me. I just think that's hilarious. Okay. Alright, let's move on to the next story, shall we? Uh all right, so let me see here. What do we got? DOJ calls Durham investigation partisan silliness. All right. So now Biden's DOJ is trying to end the Durham investigation which uh has not gone anywhere because presumably um I I mean there has obviously been some kind of obstruction of justice going on here in some way. Um it's it's really weird to me that like Durham just disappeared. I I I fairly consistently write on my Twitter um where is John Durham? Because we should have gotten a report a long time ago or some kind of interim report about about what's going on because we know that the FBI spied on Trump's campaign. We know that they were spying on Donald Trump and his people and uh you know and they were trying to help Hillary to to win in 2016, we know all this corruption took place. There's obviously got to be people who are held accountable for this. The only person we've got is this Kevin Kleinsmith attorney guy who who uh, doctored one email, and he was basically let go. the The judge just basically let him go because obviously he was um, he was just a scapegoat. Uh, so now we've got the situation where. There's nobody, nobody important has been uh, arrested. Nobody important has been uh, exposed as having been involved in this in any way. I mean, obviously we know some of the main players like Comey, but th- there's crimes that have been committed here. Like there, there's, you know, th- these people have violated the public trust. These people have circumvented our democratic system, right? People are going to be like, man, it's a republic. Don't call it a democracy. A republic is a representative democracy. All right, stop, stop. I don't know why people do this. Oh, you can't call it a democracy. You can't call it a democracy. Oh, shut the hell up. You can call it a democracy. Get real. Just because of the word Democrat is, you know, it's similar to democracy. doesn't mean we have to just get rid of the word democracy. It's not a direct democracy, so we can't call it democracy. Not true. Not true. You can call it a democracy. People still vote, right? <laughs> people are still voting. All right, let's see here. So let's go Uh, uh to read this story. DOJ's top national security lawyer slammed investigation into the government wrongdoing in surveillance of Trump aid. Well, of course they do, because these are Democrats and they don't want to see uh, other Democrats getting into trouble. But they should want that, because if I believed that Republicans were illegally surveilling d- Democrat politicians who had done nothing wrong, right? Trump didn't do anything wrong, by the way. I'm sure I'm sure that might come as a surprise to you, but there was no collusion with Russia, right? There was none of that Um, And they knew that. They knew that because they knew the Christopher Steele stuff was garbage. They knew this all came from the Hillary campaign. This is all an effort to get Hillary elected, right? And if I believe that Republicans were doing all this kind of shady stuff to get, you know, Democrats out of office, Democrats who were actually perfectly innocent and hadn't done anything wrong, I would be horrified by that. I'd want investigations. I'd want these people to go to prison, the Democrats don't think like that. All they think is, no, we've got to protect our people because, like I said before, they have no principles. They have no ethics. All they care about is power. That's all they care about. And this is proof. Um, though an investigation found that the U.S. government abused the surveillance system to target uh, a Trump aide, the Department of Justice, Justice's latest hire slammed a probe. Oh, so this woman's new. Slammed a probe into the origins of the, that wrongdoing as partisan silliness. In a now deleted tweet, Susan Hennessy, who was appointed on Monday as general counsel to the Justice Department's National Security Division, criticized Special Counsel John Durham's attempt to determine whether U.S. intelligence agencies improperly surveilled Donald Trump's president, presidential campaign when trying to identify Russian interference in the 2016 election. The National Security Division handles espionage and foreign agent investigations. Durham's inquiry has largely uh, tracked a Justice Department investigator general's investigation into false claims the FBI made uh, to obtain warrants to surveil Carter Page, a former Trump campaign aide. The inspector general said the FBI made more than a dozen significant errors uh, and omissions in the surveillance applications. The report was not critical of the Justice Department officials, though the attorneys in the National Security Division did approve of the error-filled warrant applications. The Justice Department did not respond to a request for comment about whether Hennessy will play an important role in the Durham probe. Durham, the former U.S. attorney for Connecticut, was picked, blah, 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 nobody cares. Uh, Prior to joining the Justice Department, Hennessy was a senior fellow in in national security at the Brookings Institution and executive editor of Lawfare blog. She has criticized Durham in the past, saying that after he was appointed special counsel, that he hasn't come up with anything of substance during his investigation. Yeah, no crap. That doesn't mean that there was nothing there. That just means there's some kind of obstruction going on, right? Either they've gotten to Durham and he's no longer willing to pursue this effectively because he's scared or he's been bribed or something like that, uh, or something else has happened negatively. Uh, My writer here, uh, the person that compiles these stories, Ashley, has said, It almost feels like the Durham investigation was just an attempt to temporarily placate Trump and everybody else who values justice. Yeah, I mean, I think that that there should have been some kind of arrest something before the election of Biden. Um we need justice here, folks. You can't simply sp- I mean, look at what happened in Watergate, right? Nixon had to resign from that. Uh it was one it was it was the single most you know, scandalous, it, it was the biggest scandal in American politi- political history. This, The biggest scandal in American political history. And this is a, a thousand times worse, I think. A thousand times worse. The FBI is trying to manipulate an election in a way they want it? And we're not, in. we can't find, uh, we can't get justice from this? This is crazy. And I mean, I understand to some degree that, like, yeah, this is the FBI. So it's probably going to be somewhat difficult for them to, you know, to, to get the FBI. The FBI is obviously a very powerful agency with a lot of uh, uh, an immense amount of resources, and they're going to be able to cover their tracks, you know, if there's any anybody bad uh, doing some stuff in there. But now that we know that they've done this bad stuff, gathering evidence on it should be pretty straightforward, I would imagine. Anyway, she tweeted here at one point, Durham has made abundantly clear that in a year and a half he hasn't come up with anything. I guess that kind of partisan... I guess this kind of partisan silliness has become characteristic of Barr's legacy, but unclear to me why Durham would want to go along with it. Does Susan Hennessy really believe that there was no wrongdoing there? I mean, does she really believe that? Because we know they spied on Trump's campaign. That's the whole point. The whole point of Watergate was that one campaign can't spy on another campaign. So if the FBI is spying on a campaign in order to help another campaign. That's even worse. And we know that that happened. So what are you talking about? This is not politi- partisan silliness. This is what we call justice, Susan Hennessy. You work in the justice department, the, the department of justice. You work in the department of justice and you don't recognize what justice is. I don't, I don't know how somebody like that has a job, but I guess that's the point, isn't it? Um, Democrats don't want people who are good at their job. They want people who will toe the line, who will continue to help them to stay in power no matter what. They want people who are corrupt, clearly. Um, but apparently she's deleted this tweet, so she knows how ridiculous that she sounds. Uh, Hennessy, who served as a lawyer at the National Security Agency during the Obama administration, cast further doubt on Durham's investigation in an interview with The Guardian last year. The Durham investigation presents the opportunity for bad actors to make a lot of mischief, but the lack of clarity makes it difficult for observers to criticize, she told the newspaper. How can how can anyone create a lot of mischief by investigating what we already know was abuse of power by the FBI? You know, a clear criminal conspiracy between the FBI and the Clinton, uh, the Clinton campaign. And maybe even the Obama administration, right? How, how, okay, how is it possible that investigating that can make a lot of mischief? I think what she means by making a lot of mischief is expose a lot of corruption, right? I gotta, I've got to interpret leftist talking points here. And the lack of clarity makes it difficult for observers to criticize. She, she's, what she's saying there is, well, I don't know what Durham's doing, so it's very hard for me to try to find some convoluted way to defend the, the Democrats that he's going after because I don't know what he's doing right now. So that's frustrating for me because how can I defend the people I want to defend if I don't know who to defend and I don't know what how they're being attacked? But I do know they will be attacked because there was a lot of corruption there, but I'd like to know what's going on so I can defend them uh, already. Attorney General Merrick Garland said during his January confirmation hearing that he would allow Durham to continue his work, but he also stopped short of saying that he would release a public report of the Durham investigation once it ends, so we're going to have to have a, um, you know, we're going to have to try to get that obviously. They're not going to release it. It's going to be hidden. But you know what's, you know what the really aw- awful thing is? I don't think Durham's going to find anything. And the reason I don't think he's going to find anything is because I think that they've basically... I, I think there's no chance that he's going to be able to effectively conduct his investigation. Either they'll get to him, and so he will... he'll just make something up and pretend that there was no wrongdoing there. Or they'll just make it impossible for him to conduct his investigation. I I think it's probably going to be the former. I think they're probably going to go after Durham himself. Uh, Or they probably have. I think they probably already have. That's why you haven't seen anything come out of that investigation yet. Uh, Durham has secured only one conviction during the uh, investigation. Former FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith pleaded guilty last year to altering an email regarding former Carter Page's relationship with the CIA. And then there was no consequence for that because he was just a scapegoat. All right, well, that is... Ladies and gentlemen, the end of the news. So, I'm curious what you guys have to say about all this. Sorry for the little technical difficulty early on. Uh, that is, I believe, a bingo square. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious what you guys think about all these stories. Uh, I thought it was quite a lot of good, uh, uh, good stuff. I think uh, Yankee the Rebel here, if you notice, her, that's Ashley. Um, I think she did a great job in collecting news stories today. So I was impressed. And thank you, Ashley, for calling me and letting me know that uh, I was muted. I I mess that up sometimes. Um, All right, let's see here. All right, I don't see any questions or comments. There's a a talking Magnet earlier said, if a large part of the people under an elected official have no problem with that politician being deleted, maybe the politician needs to resign instead of doubling down. Being deleted? If a large part of the population under an elected official have no problem with that being deleted. I don't understand what that means. All right, moving on. Frank James, if they want to change sex, they need to have a clone female version of your body. Work on that technology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose if you could somehow remove your soul and put it into the body, into a, a female Body, then, then you could actually be transgender. That would actually be a real thing. Uh, I like, I like your sci-fi mind, there, Frank. I've actually written, a, I've actually written a script. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guys in on a little uh, story that I wrote ages ago. This is a TV show that I had come up with, uh, a TV show idea, and the idea was that this uh, very, very rich guy, um. Finds out that he's dying. Let's see here. Jeff Beal says Chris colluded with Russia when he stole Valeria. That's true. Um. So, so I wrote this story about this guy who's who's really old, and he has this massive company, you know, and uh, he loves running the company, and uh, you know he loves his family and he loves his life. He's got a great life, but he finds out that he's he's dying. He's got this uh, horrible disease. So they, uh, so somebody meets up with him and says, um, kind of like in Deadpool, where he says, look, I can, I can, I can save your life if you go and undergo this therapy, undergo this sort of treatment. But instead of becoming Deadpool and having superpowers, um, it's this company with, um, that, that caters essentially to billionaires. And they say, well, I mean, they're like, look, th- this is a technology. We have developed uh, uh, a, a body. I forgot what they called this, body. But he's like uh, the husk. We've developed something called we call the husk, and it's a body. It's a just genetically perfect body. They've been able to figure out how to create the genetic, the most genetically perfect human body, and um, and they they tell this guy we can transfer your mind and your soul from your body into this healthy body, and then you will, um, and then you'll be able to survive and, and live. But the thing is. Uh, you you have you, you're going to be a different person, right? You're going to have a different face, you're going to have a different body, so you're going to have to take on a different persona in life, and you're going to have to leave your family. Now, that's all part of the, the clause and everything like this, and it costs him like billions of dollars. I mean, it costs him like an insane amount of money because they can't, you know, they can't exactly mass produce this thing. It can't be a scale project. So this is why they go to somebody like him, right? And so he agrees to do it, and he, he thinks it's probably going to kill him. He's not sure if he even trusts the technology, but everything he's been able to research on it seems legit. So he goes ahead and he does it, and then if, and then uh, he transfers all of his assets, he transfers the company, everything, to this new person that he, he now is. And, and, and then the, the process works, and he becomes this new person. Um, and then sometime later, maybe a, a month or so later, after he's been running the company and everything's going very well, he comes into his office, and he sees that somebody's already gone into his office. And he's like, what's going on? It's early in the morning. He opens up the door. He looks in. And a guy turns around the seat, and it's it's him. It's his exact his exact face. It's the husk, but it's a different person, obviously. And he's like, what the hell is this? And the guy's like, oh, you thought you were the only one. <laughs> and this company has gone to many billionaires, old men, most of them, who are dying. And so there's like 17 of them in the world. And so they go around trying to find everybody that looks the same. Um, I forgot what I called that story. That was a pretty good script, actually. Anyway, story time is over. Um, (laughs) Jesus is God says, wasn't that a movie with Whoopi Goldberg? No, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, Bigfoot the chipmunk says, sounds like a deal with the devil to me. Uh, I've written about that, too. Deals with the devil. I have a story about that as well. Uh, but it's not that that one. Uh, let's see. Yankee the Rebel wrote, Thank you, sir. You are welcome, madam. Uh, let's see. Frank James says, We got our first bingo today. Four squares. Way to go, us. <laughs> uh, no mention of Doge, says Gabriel. Let's have a look at Doge real quick before we, we end the show. Uh Oh, looks like it's gone down quite a bit. Uh oh, we're at 46. Oh, that's crazy. I was trying to figure out whether I should dump it and then try to get it back on a low. So, if you haven't uh gone if you haven't tried to get do- So, I knew there was going to be uh I knew there was going to be a, a huge dip after Saturday, uh but I didn't know exactly how far down it would go. This is about as low as it's going to go. I thought 44 was the was going to be the bottom. Um so I think now is a really good time. If you wanted to invest a little bit of money, hundred bucks, thousand bucks, whatever you have around, again, don't invest stuff that you can't lose, please. Um, you don't want you to lose your life savings on this stuff because it is very volatile. Like if you invested just before Saturday, you would have lost, I think, half your money almost, uh, not quite half, maybe a third. Uh, so you want to invest obviously when it's low and take it out when it's high. But now is a really good time. I mean, forty six is 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 the lowest it's been in a few days. So. Um, I think it got to 42 on Saturday. um, And I'm talking about cents here, right? Uh, everybody thinks that Doge is going to get to a dollar. Uh, I think it probably will eventually. Uh, I think we're going to take out at something like 95 cents because uh, we think there's going to be a dip right before it gets to a dollar. So uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, I suggest going into Doge. It's a very, oh, the the SpaceX thing is what we talked about. Yeah, so now you can use Dogecoin. If you have enough Dogecoin, you can actually buy a trip On SpaceX using Dogecoin. So this is something that Elon Musk said. I think the reason that he said this is because I I really think that Elon Musk wants people to be able to make money using crypto, right? So if you put your money into crypto and it goes up and you take it out after you double your money or triple your money or quadruple your money... Then I think Elon Musk feels like he's done a good thing for people. Um the problem with with that at the moment is that Dogecoin is incredibly volatile. So if you put in at 70 and you take out at 40, you've lost quite a lot of money, haven't you? You've lost almost half your money there. So you want to put in at 40 and take out at 70. So it's it's a little bit tricky, but it's, you know, if you can if you have some vague sense of what you're doing and you know you do it somewhat conservatively, you can make quite a bit of money. But don't try to be greedy, right? Like, don't try to get out at the very tip, tippy top. Don't try to get in at the very, very bottom because uh, you're probably going to miss it. So it's better to play it a little bit safe. Like, uh, um, I when it went up to 74 on Friday, I got out at 70 cents. Um, and then I thought, oh, it might go back up to 74. Let me put in a little bit. Uh, let me put my money in again and wait for it to go up and I'll get out at 74. So I'll get it at the very tippy top but it didn't go up to that it went down to 65 <laughs> so i lost a little bit of money there so I, t- I i ended up taking it out at 65 it went down to uh, 42 i ended up taking it out at, i ended up putting it back in at 55 which is it was it's 55 for like the last few days now um but now it's down to 46 again so again you, you it's very hard to get to the very very tippy top very very bottom you know, you want to get... you, But you want to get it somewhat at the top, somewhat at the bottom. And I, you guys know how to do this crap, but uh, it is tricky. You know, it's a tricky game. I'm not an expert in it. Um, Valeria's learning about it. She's becoming the sort of guru here. Um, I'm just kind of, for the most part, going along with what she's had to say. But so far, I the, the only advice that I will give you guys is when I'm pretty dang sure about something. And I was, and I was very sure that Doge was going to go up, so I recommended Doge. It did go up. And I was... I was pretty dang sure that there was going to be a huge dip on Saturday, and there was a huge dip on Saturday. So I, I wanted to to try to encourage everybody to take their money out on Friday. And so uh, I, so far the two things that I've said have have come true, um, but I think that my success in recommending things comes from my reluctance to say anything that I'm not really sure about. And the only things that I will ever advise you guys on are things that I'm very, very sure about. And even then, I, there's always going to be the caveat that, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's still a guess, right? I still could be wrong. Uh, but so far, I've been right about both of those things. So that's, that's I feel pretty good about that. I don't want to ever steer anybody wrong so that they lose money. Um, but anyway, um, so that is it for me for the day. Uh, Jeff Beale asked if I had covered the Iran military swarming our naval troops. I actually haven't heard about that, so I'm going to look that up right now. Okay, it's the end of the show, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Good night. Hold on, hold on, I need my thing, I need my thing. All right, good night. Toxic Masculinity.